the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. It's a blessing to have you here with us today. And today I'm blessed because uh, I have my new my new friend. Uh, his name is David, David Thomas. And uh, he has uh, a, a long line of accolades that I won't embarrass him with. But uh, one which is uh, very special is his outreach to the local Native Americans in Arizona. And so David founded an organization named Open Doors Arizona. And so, David, a warm welcome to you. Thank you, Julian. It's an honor to be here. We appreciate it. So, David, tell us, uh, tell us uh, first of all, a little bit about yourself and why you chose to set up this 501c3 to reach out to uh, Native Americans within, uh, in, as our neighbors. Sure. So this is really about my own personal journey. When I was in high school, I was a mediocre student at best. I had no expectation of actually doing anything with my life and, and much less making an impact. And it was through a few people that opened doors for me to allow me to experience the potential that I actually had a really profound experience from my God who showed me that there was a reason that, that I was here. There was a purpose for my life. There were certain gifts and talents that he had given me and I had sort of a responsibility to both steward uh, those talents and to provide them to others. And it was that experience of recognizing those individuals who opened doors for me that really motivated me to, to ask the question, how can I do the same for others? That's uh, sort of the origin story. So in a sense, it's kind of uh, passing on the love and the attention that someone has given to you onto, onto someone else. Indeed. I mean, it was such an amazing shift in my own thinking. It changed the course of my life to realize that, you know, there is a reason for each one of us to uh, to have on this earth and and to recognize that, you know, God himself is, has provided something unique that, that makes us who we are. It, it truly transformed the, the direction of my life. Mm. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a space geek, and so, you know, lo- love anything to do with uh, robots or rockets or uh, rocks from Mars, you know. And so uh, uh, I, had the, uh, I had the blessing of, um, 
bumping into David and uh, David uh, is into all those sorts of things. And so that was a real blessing to me. I was very impressed, very impressed when I was there at his center. But even more impressive, David, is your uh, starting up the 501c3, starting up the organization Open Doors. And so tell us a little bit more about Open Doors, if you will. What's your goal? What's your purpose? So the the end game is really about community restoration, right? These are marginalized populations that have experienced just a tremendous amount of, uh, you know, uh, want through the years, generations of oppression and, and disadvantage. And and so if we think about you know restoring communities, it seems daunting. So we're we're trying to approach this very pragmatically, very practically, and. And again, in my own experience, education had just a tremendous role to play. What we believe is that if we can help individuals identify their gifts, their talents, their skills, their passions, and then help them uh, go to a university or a community college or something that's going to allow them to become skilled in that passion, then many of those people will return to their community. And in doing so, they will positively affect their communities. So in a, in a way, we're attempting to empower the individual to return to their community and, and bring positive uh, impact or, or to make a positive difference. What sort of um, challenges are the, obviously we've spoken about, um, uh, I guess, uh, you know, oppression over over many years, but uh, what what sort of, problems has this caused within the Native American community? Uh, what are their main challenges? Well, they're, they're vast and, and they, they sort of span, you know, domains from financial to physical health to, you know, uh, family unit to, to being distant because of the locations of, of many of the reservations. Uh, you can, you know, look at many of the statistics for health, and, and the Native Americans, unfortunately, are are in the top of many categories. And I won't necessarily go down the list, but there's there's also sort of some some very culturally related or relevant challenges. That one of the things I, I love about the natives is their respect for the family unit. Mm. And so you'll find in many homes, multiple generations and the younger people are caring for their elders, which I think is just truly admirable. Mm-hmm. But what happens is this creates a, a bit of a challenge. If, if the young person goes away to college, there's a sense of, you know, pressure or desire to support the family. And so it's really hard on the young people to leave their family unit. It means a lot to them to have the, that access to family. And so it's, it's not trivial for them to leave and go to a university that may be hundreds of miles away from their home. So we're, we're looking for ways to help support the family unit to support the fact that they honor family and and but give them opportunities as well to engage uh, and uh, understand and become skilled at the the thing that they're good at i know we spoke yesterday and you were saying how um the open doors mindset is to is to not go in and say okay you know here's here's our sort of way of doing things uh you know you must do this it's more a sense of uh, coming alongside or rather serving the leaders uh, of the of the tribes 
finding out um, ways that you can serve them in what they do already, you know, what, what, uh, what they do well, but also, um, you know, you, you, you kept coming back uh, uh, to the point of education. You know, I was, uh, I kept saying, well, how, how do you uh, uh, bring restoration to a community, to, to a wonderful, beautiful community? You know, you have, um, as you say, the, the sense of community within the Native American uh, population is, is, is something that I, I know I, I greatly respect and also their appreciation of the elders. You know, it's, they don't sort of like push them off to the side. You know, you've done your bit for society, now go. You know, it's kind of like, no, they are at the peak, the top of their society, you know, and uh, so many things that, that, that we uh, need to learn uh, from them. But uh, how, how have you, Open Doors, that is, assisted this community uh with education you know i mean we all understand it's good to to learn to read and good to learn to write but uh is there something deeper that education gives you most definitely i think that you know it's it's really about becoming skilled and and you have extraordinary talents julie i mean your ability to communicate is fantastic and that has occurred over time your experience, right, has, has given you the ability to become highly skilled at your your trade. And it's the same for others. If we give them the opportunity to become skilled, and, and so we're, we're very sort of pragmatic and tactical at how we're approaching this. We look at education outcomes and have done our homework to identify two areas in particular that are of real need. One is getting to school, right? It's it's overcoming the barriers of just getting into college. And so what we're doing there is we have what we call an adoptive school program. So we're focused on the secondary education system to try and resource teachers and principals and community leaders so that they have everything they need to do their job uh, and encourage those students to make that transition into you know, university or community college. And then once they're there, the second area that we're really trying to focus on, and this is relatively new for us, but we're, we realize the need, and that is college retention. Ooh. So retention is one of the highest metrics of student success. And so, if, and, and unfortunately, the graduation rate for many colleges is, is quite low. Again, getting in is one challenge, staying there and getting all the way to graduation is another. And so there we're looking to find what we call communities of support. So culturally relevant communities where people feel like they're at home, like they have a family that they can reach out to that's on the campus or at least close by. And mentors, tutors, uh, you know, faith-based groups who are willing to come alongside and really help that student make it all the way to graduation. Uh, so those are two areas. And then for adults, we're looking at entrepreneurship training. So we support business formation. We encourage, we, we, we pray with business leaders on the reservations, and they have very unique challenges. The market dynamics are quite different on the reservation compared to the rest of America, uh, but they have many familiar needs. They need equipment. They need supplies. They need also mentorship from business leaders, and so we're mm -hmm. attempting to connect uh, small business owners with experienced business leaders to help them tutor. But you, you hit on something that I, I really kind of want to go back to, which I think is super important. And, and that is, you know, if you look at the history of how we have interacted with 
Native American communities, there's this long history of we have programs that we believe have worked. Maybe we've seen them work in other communities, cities, cultures, and we say we're going to bring our past performance into the Native community because we saw it work over here in this other location, and that simply doesn't work. And what really has stirred me of late, Julian, is this concept of servant leadership. Mm. I believe that in business, as in relationships, what our job as believers in Christ is to do is not to come in with the thing that we have, but to identify what it is that that person has and empower them to succeed. Mm. Our job is not to do, our job is to support and encourage provide resources so that that person's uh, individual calling can be realized. And that's how we approach the Native community. So we don't come in with, you know, full-on programming. What we do is we look to identify existing leaders. They're already there. They've already been called. They've heard from God. They know what their heart is telling them. And our approach is to ask them, what do you need? And they tell us, and we seek to provide that need and support them in their own uh, mission. Well, amen. You're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb, and today we're blessed to have David Thomas. David Thomas, who's uh, started up an organization named uh, Open Doors Arizona. And Open Doors Arizona seeks to reach out to the Native American communities to, to not bring programs to them, but to bring love to bring a a, a true desire to serve them and so David with open doors you know uh, I I was touched yesterday we were talking and um, you as you as you said you know we're we're not just about coming in and giving a program hey you know uh, here's something that uh, we tried somewhere else in Wyoming you know we're going to cut and paste it here and you're going to fit in and uh, it's going to be great you know Um, this is really about open doors coming alongside uh, uh, the uh, Native American friends. And uh, as you say, finding out, uh, discerning the skills, the, the, the gems, the, uh, the, the abilities that are already there and uh, offering, uh, not forcing, but offering guidance to people so that those can, can, can blossom, they, they, they can bloom and uh, uh, bring something into their community with what they already have. Is, is that a bit of a mouthful, but is that correct? That's uh, precise, Julian. Very well said. I, I'll give you a, a sort of a really interesting example. Uh, one uh, young lady, Victoria, uh, we met, and Victoria had a passion for many years to start a restaurant. It was just a desire inside of her, and she fought through just incredible, incredible circumstances. Uh, there was uh, domestic violence. There was all sorts of things that, that she had to overcome. And she started in her home. She, she ended up purchasing a small food truck, actually in a trailer. She had a pizza oven and, uh, and she would serve uh, her community with the most delicious pizza you've ever had. And she actually created uh, culturally relevant ingredients and, and put those yeah. so you could order uh, a native style pizza crust. Um, and then, you know, she, she was creative. 
she reached out to, to us and we just connected. So she began asking questions. Well, how do I respond in this sort of business circumstance? And, you know, then, the, you know, just asking for, for prayer and encouragement as she was sort of walking her journey of starting up a business, which is always challenging. Uh, long story short, now the, the Navajo Nation has given her a storefront in uh, Crown Point, New Mexico. It's under construction now, so she will be opening up a restaurant, a full dine-in restaurant, uh, pizza parlor, and she's very excited. She still has needs. She needs pizza pans and utensils for her kitchen, and so one of the things that we seek to do at Open Doors Arizona is to connect individuals who have been blessed with the resources to buy pizza pans and and utensils with those people who have the needs and and in doing so we're opening doors for both sides right we're opening doors for the body of believers who have the ability to serve connecting them to opportunities with people who have a specific need and and allowing that transaction to occur and and in both cases realizing the blessing that, that god's given us well, Amen. Now, David, I, I want to ask a personal question. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to embarrass you, but uh, you know, I'm looking at your uh, resume as we speak, and uh, you know, um, I'm a little intimidated. You know, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, you, you, you've got a good. Uh, you're a busy man uh, involved in many projects, helping many people. On top of that, of course, you know, your biggest accolade is being married to your wife. Um, you know, with, uh, with, with your daughter. Uh, but David, how, how on earth do you find the time? I mean, you have this uh, wonderful, but extremely time consuming uh, job, a level of employment. Uh, and you do all these other things I'm looking at. Uh, and then you, you go out and you think, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go and start up a uh, 501c3 and help out uh, uh, or love our Native American friends. David, how, how do you do it? Yeah, that's a great question. I, the, the passion for the Native American community has been inside for many years. We uh, it started just by donating to missionaries that were going to Native communities. But there was, there was an experience that I had in the last couple of years. I was uh, blessed to support the state of Arizona and their uh, mass vaccination response and COVID response. And I, I had a chance to go to the reservations. And the, the impact of COVID on the reservations was devastating. It was nine times greater incidence of COVID infection in the Native communities hmm. compared to the rest of the state of Arizona. And so many reasons, running water, close-knit communities. So, uh, but at the end of this experience and seeing what was going on in the reservations, I felt like I couldn't stand still. I have mentors that I talk to on a regular basis, and I was explaining this to, to one of my mentors, and he said, David, when you talk about this topic, you are energized. There's something about this conversation that's different from the other conversations that we have, and I said, I just I feel compelled, but I don't know how to do this. How, how do I have, I don't have time, and he said, you do. He said, one hour a day, just spend one hour a day on the thing that you are passionate about. And sort of brick by brick, you will see over time, you are able to accomplish that. So I took his advice. I began getting up earlier. I spent one hour in the morning before 8 a.m. on the foundation, preparing the bylaws, the charter, the, the content for the website, reaching out 
to networks, forming a board of directors and uh, assembling all of the necessary pieces. It took time indeed, but it was able to be accomplished with that simple principle. Just do what you're doing, but reserve an additional one hour every morning and, uh, you know, go to, go to sleep a little earlier. <laughs> and indeed, uh, that's, that's how I was able to, to pull this off. Well, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's inspiring. You know, I, I'm, I'm halfway there. I, I can do the going to bed an hour early bit. So I've got that bit down, but, uh, you know, how, um, what would you say to myself or to other people who are listening, who are thinking, well, you know, I mean, that, that breaks it down a bit. You know, I was kind of had it in my mind that I would have to put three days a week into this, you know, which is just an impossibility. You know, there's family, there's employment, there's, you know, mending the house, you know, all sorts of things. Um, so one hour, you know, that, that's a possibility. But but then again, you know, I'm looking at your resume, David, and you're a, you're a bit of a spiritual superhero. So, I mean, you know, what, what would you say to people like me uh, who are thinking maybe David can do that, but but I can't, I haven't got what it takes. We, we, we are all made of the same material and we all have inside of us, those that are followers of, of Christ, his, his ability. And it is, you know, in part a, a discipline, but, but there is a tremendous amount of trust that, that goes into any endeavor. Not only that, but I think that there is a sort of, in my own experience, a welcome humility in realizing that we can't do it all. We need each other. And we need to be able to identify the people that God brings in our life and, and say they have the ability to do something that is important to the mission or the desire that I have. So, for example, when we go into Native communities, we're not seeking to do initially. We're mm. seeking to find those that can do come alongside again ask them what what is it that that you need because god's already put in their heart a desire to to make an impact and then we ask how can we help them succeed and that takes the burden off of us right it takes the load off of me having to do uh everything i'm now more about connecting and, and creating unity in a body of believers that's going to affect powerful change that I could never do on my own. And, and that again comes back to this concept of, of servant leadership. So I believe it's in this recognition that I, God has called us to a life of unity to identify what it is that you can do that I cannot and how can I serve you and empower your success. And in doing so, my vision will become a, realized in the process. So really, it's, you know, uh, be the willing hands and feet of Jesus and let him operate through us, <clears throat> him calling us to a call so that we can call other people to a call and they can utilize the gifts and the abilities that God has given them uh, to give them a purpose and uh, in their life and also to as, as to pass that on to someone else, you know, within their community. So as you were saying, you know, uh, someone came along you, your words, you are a you know, uh, an underpass student, you know, somewhat lost in life. Someone just came alongside you, found out the abilities that were already there within you, guided you and propelled you up and on. Uh, and so you're passing that on to someone else. And indeed, that, that, that's the model 
which we're all called to use. Would you? Um, so let me let me look at what, what's the name of your website. So those that are um, keen, um, tell us the yeah. name of your website. Sure, sure. It is opendoorsaz.org. And uh, there you'll find sort of our core tenets, um, the, the focus areas around education and empowering leaders, identifying those people, as you well described, and identifying ways in which we can, we can help them succeed. Um, there's a way to get involved, uh, both in terms of you know, financial support, but we're in the process of creating what I call a clearinghouse. It's that catalog of opportunities. So if you look through, scroll through the catalog, which will be growing, find a calling or a, a mission or a frontline organization that resonates and then connect directly with them. Our job is to, to support those connections for people who are doing the work and those that have resources to help them succeed. Well, wonderful. And so uh, one more time, that is uh, opendoorsaz.org, opendoorsac.org. So perhaps God is uh, calling you to join with David and his team to reach out to our friends, the, uh, the Native Americans. So one, one quick thing, we've got about 30 seconds. I shouldn't do this, but I will. Um, you know, is, does uh, the Christian faith, uh, does, does it transcend cultural boundaries? Most definitely. I believe every one of us have inside a passion, a desire that only God can fill. And it is incumbent on us to be sensitive to cultural relevance, but every culture is looking for the Creator God, and and, uh, we respect that. Well, praise God. Well, thank you, David, for taking the time. May we all go out, find our call, and do it. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.